Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 439. We define ourselves by the best that is within us, not by the worst that has been done to us. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Sarah Boothby. Sarah, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, Mark. I am excited. Currently, I'm surrounded by 180 classic cars in just one showroom, so I am Perfectly prepared. Oh my gosh, I'm jealous. I should have I should have come there to St. Louis and done this show with you, but of course we'd never get to talk because I'd be sitting in all the cars. So right, you and me both. Yeah. Oh, you're one lucky lady. Sarah Boothby is in charge of public relations for Gateway Classic Cars, the world's largest classic car company located in St. Louis, Missouri. Their headquarters features 126,000 square feet of all things cars, including an in-house theater, gift shop. And as you heard, lots and lots of cool cars. There they sell collector cars for private owners and have a consigned, they've consigned over 6,000 vehicles in over 13 years of business. My gosh. A visit to their website provides you with access to their massive collection of collector cars for sale. Buyers from all over the world have purchased from their website. Sounds like a lot of fun. So Sarah, I've told our listeners a tiny bit about you. Would you take a moment to share a little bit more? about your career, your business, and of course, your passion for automobiles? Well, of course, Mark. So uh, I did move up here from the south and got my feet planted in the St. Louis area. Luckily, I crossed paths with our president, Sal Akbani, and he just swept me off my feet, gave me a position, and now I'm here as PR for Gateway, and I feel so lucky every day. Every single day I walk through the showroom and we have new cars that come through. I say filter a lot because as many as we have consigned, we sell just as much. So it is a beauty. It's a beauty to watch. Well, the cars that you have there, let's explain before we get into some of the questions I have for you, how your process works. So if I have a really cool car, let's say I have an old boss Mustang or something and and I don't want to, you know, have the hassle of selling it. All the looky-loos that come, people that want to mess with it and drive it, and I don't have the time maybe. Mm-hmm. Are you the kind of company I need to talk to? Absolutely, especially when it comes to a boss. <laughs> um, 
So I'll actually give you an example because we actually just sold a 69 Boss 429 at our Fort Lauderdale location, which is only one of 11 that we have currently. Wow. Yay for Dallas. She opens up next month. Cool. So yeah, the 69 Boss, we only had her for a short time for obvious reasons, and the owner did not want to go through the hassle of selling it to... Those random shady buyers. You do not want um, people touching a vehicle that is worth that much. And it is such a beauty. So we basically, they pay us a small fee of $195, which is a three-month lease, I guess you can say. Uh That car is given a professional video shoot, professional photo shoot, which we also give to the consigner for their their own reasons if they would like to utilize. The car is immediately detailed. The owner can do that himself or herself, or we can have our professional detailers do that. Mm-hmm. And it's put on the showroom floor until it is sold to a, a pristine buyer. Wow. So we do not just sell to any old buddy. We make sure that they are going to take care of the vehicle. Yeah, well, that is a pittance of money for what you guys do. I mean, you hire a photographer to come shoot your car. You're going to spend two, three times that much, much less a detail. And then the exactly. process of vetting mm-hmm. buyers and all that. So. It sounds like a wonderful process. And you said you have 11 locations with Dallas opening up soon? Yes, 11. Or the Dallas location will make our 11th showroom. She opens up. The set date is January 15th. Wow, man, what an operation. Well, absolutely fantastic. Well, you have your hands full with all those cars and, and doing what you do. And we're going to learn a little bit more about you as we walk through this process. But first, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Sarah, take the wheel. Well, I live by this quote every day. I actually have it tattooed on me right now. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) This is serious. Um, It is serious. Um, I just carry it with me because we've all had struggles. So, I live by, we define ourselves by the best that is within us, not by the worst that has been done to us. Ah, that's nice. How have you incorporated that in your life and what you do there? In many aspects, I have actually. It is a pretty deep quote, especially for work, but it's in anything that you you go by by the day. You know, you have your struggles, and rather than dwelling on the past and what has been done to you, what are you going to do with it? What What have you learned from? How are you going to utilize that, not only in your personal life, but in your business, in your career? Are you going to let that person or that something tear you down, or are you just going to exceed and excel? <laughs> Great quote. That's the first time I've heard that quote here on Cars, yeah, and I've heard a lot of quotes, a lot of mantras, So, but I like that one because uh, you just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. I like it right, very much. Right. Very nice. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment in your life, as you remember it, when you really knew you were a car gal? Oh, man. I have two words for you. NASCAR Uh and Corvette. (laughs) Oh, my. Okay. And it's a great family story, too. The NASCAR side of things is from my father, Al Boothby. He's retired Air Force, and his passion outside of the Air Force was NASCAR. He loved taking me and my six siblings to NASCAR in a huge RV. (laughs) Nice. Which he let us choose ourselves. We would all fight on why we would want that RV over the other one. Uh It was fun. (laughs) We would road trip to, say, Atlanta or wherever he would take us. We didn't really have a choice. And I would sit in the RV because I was too scared to go to the actual track because it was so loud. Um, <laughs> and I would just hear the roar and 
once I heard, once I was old enough to register what that war was, I started thinking of the engine and how fast these guys were going, how lucky they were to even get, they just got to wake up every day and drive a vehicle with so much power and got to do what they love to do. I idolized that. I loved that. Um, So, yeah. So the NASCAR is my direct family. And then I moved up to the St. Louis area. My mother, my parents are divorced. Um, My mother fell in love with a fellow named Bob. And he is actually, he actually restores vehicles himself. And this is all at home. (laughs) It was a lot of fun living um, with my parents there for a little while. Yeah. So he took me out on an 07 Corvette yellow. I hated the yellow, but he took me out on it. (laughs) (laughs) And we went down Great River Road in Alton, Illinois. It's just a beautiful strip of road. It's just whiny and it goes down um, old um, Indian trails too. So it's just a beautiful view. And he rubbed, he just floored the engine and he made me do the same whenever he put me behind the wheel and he explained to me why it has so much power, where Chevy came from. He He's taught me so much about cars. It is just unbelievable what this man has done for me. So wow. I would say NASCAR has really taken off my interest. And then the minute I stepped foot behind a an 07 Chevy and now he has the brand new Stingray. It makes me do the same thing for every t- car that he gets. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a very lucky lady to have a father and a stepfather that uh, stirred that passion for cars in you and, and exposed you to, my goodness, NASCAR racing and then driving Corvettes and being around cars and restoring cars. It seems like you were set up perfectly for what you're doing today, and that's helping people sell their cars there at Gateway. So lovely story. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it is it's very odd how things work out for somebody, but that's where it comes back in. As long as you look out for other people, the world will, it'll just work out for you. I firmly believe in that. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Sarah, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced along your way in your career. You're a young lady, but uh, we all meet with trials and tribulations. You mentioned that in your mantra as well, but the more important part of this is how did you overcome that situation and what did it teach you? Well, as you said, I am I have a few years behind me. So at 23 years old, I do not have too many trials to go to really preach about. But I guess I'll just go back to something personal that I brought into my everyday. When my parents split, I have a huge family, huge family of six siblings. Oh, wow. So whenever we were living in Georgia on a cotton field surrounded by um, <laughs> pecan trees, <laughs> it was as country as it gets. We we It was really hard to leave where we grew up um, with our dirt bikes and our, our go-karts and everything like that because my parents just could not work it out. Yeah, Perfectly understood, but watching my brothers and sisters struggle with it, I, it, it just taught me to be there for people, to use my strength um, to bring them up. Yeah. Be there be there for people that can't be there for themselves. They were having a, a much harder struggle with it than I was. So now today, even in the office, I whenever I see someone struggling, I make sure that, of course, I'm okay. But if I'm strong enough, I can be there for them. Oh. So then that makes me a a great contender in the office and a manager. And it makes me... It makes me feel strong that I can be there for people. So I took that low point in my life, which we still struggle with today, just to bring people up no matter what I'm doing. (laughs) It's a great story, and I appreciate you sharing a really personal story with our listeners and with me. But it's really wonderful to uh, be the kind of person where you can recognize others that, that need a little help, need a little lift. 
need a little uh, pushing up or pushing forward and, and to be able to have the wherewithal. And, and at such a young age, you're a very young person to mm-hmm. have the foresight to be able to realize, you know, uh, this is important because these days you hear about so many young people that it's all about me, me, me. They only care about themselves and right. really refreshing to be able to talk to you today and have you share that with us that uh, there's some folks out there in your generation that uh, it's not all about me. It's all about everybody. So it is rare from what I'm seeing, especially having a 16 or 17 year old sister. The generations are quickly changing yeah. and so is the world. So you can't you can't dwell on anything. You have to change with it and. And keep going. So, <laughs> well, you keep being that uh, that beacon, that light for people, someone to uh, emulate. Uh, really fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm an old soul. I'm I'm holding on to it. <laughs> uh, there you go. Let's shift gears here, Sarah, and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those career aha moments. Now, again, you're very young. Maybe you've just had one. Maybe it's a couple. I'm not sure. But I like to say it's a time when the headlights come on and illuminate your way for this direction, this concept you have of where to take your career. Tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. Well, my aha moment is sitting or is right here at the Gateway Classic Car Showroom. I, as I said, I crossed paths with um, Salak Bonnie, and he hired me as a receptionist where I simply greeted everyone that stepped through our showroom doors and talked to them as much as I could about their story and why they came to us. I took that small fee of $3 to enter the showroom, and I really just greeted, filled up the coffee. I was doing the little things. Mm -hmm. And as I'm sitting there on my second day, I realize that everybody else around me is stressed. And for stress, for good reason, we're a very fast-paced company. Um, Sal loves to, he, we just keep opening showrooms. So there's a lot to do. Right. I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to get my hands dirty and I want to learn the history, the aspects behind everything, why Sal is who he is and what makes him such a, a shark, but a fun one to work for. Uh-huh. So I immediately started just listening in to anyone around me. I wasn't being nosy. If they're speaking loud enough, then I clearly needed to hear it. <laughs> and I started taking notes and realizing what I could do for the company and me doing the little, those little footsteps for um, by myself, he realized, and he was very vigilant, and he promoted me to PR within the first year. Wow! And ever since then, I just I feel like I've been a really strong aspect for him, and he says so every day. Well, so, your story yeah. is really wonderful, and I want those listeners out there to really pay attention to this because what you've been sharing with us here, Sarah, is. When you get hired to do a job, do more than what your boss expects. Exactly. And, and, and when, yes. he, when he see, you know, bosses, they see that and they mm-hmm. notice it. And there are opportunities to be there when the opportunity happens. You know, there really is no luck in business. It all has to do with uh, things aligning from the standpoint of you being prepared and an opportunity being there. And you just kind of dive into that corner, if you will, that opening on the racetrack where somebody moves over a little bit and you have an opportunity. But it's a wonderful story. <laughs> For listeners out there that if you want to get involved in the automotive industry, you can start at the base level, the bottom floor, if you will, and you work hard, show some uh, intuition and some drive and be positive like you are. A lot of great things can happen. (laughs) Very nice. I love it. How about proudest career moments? Is there one in particular that stands out for you? I mean, my first moment, I really, I just mentioned it, but I'll go into more detail. It was the day that I was at the front desk and Sal 
realized that I needed to move forward. So he brought me back to the marketing room and he, he just said, you know what, I think that you have more potential. So here's another position. I would sit online all day long and look at cars. I, I taught myself about them, um, why Chevy is what it is, um, what's Ford's history, why are we even here in business? So I did that, and I also did the data entry where I would locate the vehicles that we could sell for potential consigners. So I learned a lot about the automotive industry just doing that for a few months. And then one day I came in casually and sat down, and by 9 o'clock he said, you know what, Sarah, I hear you on the phone doing, uh, I would call um, in wheel time. I'm sure you've heard of them. Um, There was a few people that I would just give a call, and I just wanted to chat with other people that were into the industry. He overheard me. I didn't know he was behind me, and he put his hand on my shoulder and said, Sarah, you are now PR. (laughs) (laughs) So I think me just being the person that I am, somebody taking recognition, I wasn't expecting anything. So it kind of, I guess you can say, fell in my lap, so I knew it was meant to be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was definitely a proud moment being recognized for who you, who you truly are. Oh, congratulations um, for that. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, very nice. I <laughs> love it. It's been great ever since. <laughs> well, it's nice again to work for a boss that recognizes and appreciates people and can see opportunity there and uh, kind of says, hey, let's give this a try and see how you do. So. Absolutely. And he does that across the board. It's not only for me. So now that I am in the in the comfortable um, position that I am, I get to watch that happen to others around me as long as they have the heart and the drive for it. So, there you go. yes, very it's, nice it's great to be a part of. <laughs> very. <laughs> Let's have a little bit of fun here. Now, I know, again, I'll, I won't dwell too much on your youth, but you are very young. So this will be interesting because <laughs> most of my guests are a little bit older. My oldest guest here has right. been 91 <laughs> years old. So you know, I kind of spread the grammar, but you're not the youngest. My youngest was 16 years old, but oh wow, okay. yeah. But let, he wanted to be <laughs> I a what their answer was. <laughs> he wanted to be a race car driver, so he was uh, going down the path of professional racing and doing well. But okay. uh, at any rate, let's talk a little bit about your first really special car—that first car that really meant something to you. Um. Well, um, <laughs> it is pretty ironic, but the car I have right now is definitely my my dream car. Um, well, it's getting there. I'm still modifying slightly. I mean, I'll start from the beginning. I had my first very, very first car was a Mazda 3, um, blacked out. She was beautiful. I liked the little, um, the little shifter it had. <laughs> yep. But I ended up flooding that thing. I don't, I'll go into detail about that later. <laughs> <laughs> I eventually quickly got into a Nissan Sentra, which I absolutely did not care for because I wanted some pickup. I wanted to play. Had that short for a short while, and now I have a Dodge Charger. It's a 12. I bought it from a family friend, so um, it's stayed. It's been great, take, greatly taken care of. Yeah. But yeah, I'm ready to get my hands dirty with her and see how I can modify it a little bit, customize it my way. And she has low miles on it. She's in great condition, so I have room to play. So you know <laughs> what I love here, I've noticed as we're talking is you are a, a true enthusiast. You refer to your vehicles as her. Not yes. not that or it, but her. Oh, I can't stand it. No, I cannot stand it. I park my vehicles um, a couple spots down from everybody else. I have cameras on her. I, <laughs> I make sure they're taken care of because I know that I watched a Dodge Charger get, they're, they're being sold for what people wouldn't even thought of back oh, yeah. then when they purchased the vehicle for probably 
dollars. Yeah. Um, I know a 2012 Dodge Charger down the line may not go for what I think it would, but as long as I take care of it, I have the potential to, you know, realize that that is the classic of my era. So yeah. you've got to take care of what's given as yours and it's your property. So regardless if it's a Dodge Charger or that Nissan Sentra that I did not care for, you still, you still got to wax it. They still got to look pretty for somebody else. Well, <laughs> man, I hear your uh, marketing skills coming through here because you're already thinking down the road of taking care of that investment and resale. So you're in the right business, I think. Absolutely. I only drive it. So <laughs> There you go. How about seller's remorse? I, I, you probably haven't sold a whole lot of cars in your life, but is there one you let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? Um, well, I, I wouldn't say sold. I'll go back to that Mazda 3 that I mentioned. I had a lot of fun with that Mazda because it did have a slight pickup to it. I had a slap shift, and I thought that was a little bit different than a regular automatic so it wasn't fully that the stick, but I still had fun. I was going, I wish I could have her back just because good memories and she was a good price so I could afford the two. Anyway, I was going down a country road after working a long serving shift inside Texas Roadhouse here in Shiloh, Illinois, mm-hmm. and um, did not realize that the country roads around southern Illinois f- flood. Oh. And there were there was not a single sign out to warn me. It was pitch black outside Uh and just barely home. I probably had two more miles to go. And a huge sweep of water took me in my car. Um, And I say sweep of water. It was the water alone was probably flowing at 30 miles an hour. Oh my God. Um, It it was unbelievable. So this is all back road, um, you know, country. So it's flat land, but the random hills really bring in the water. Right. Anyway. um, So it took me in, in the car. We were flowing and we were a mile down from where we started and I had to put my windows down. The lights flickered out. Thank God I had an emergency kit underneath my my seat. Thanks, Thank you, Bob. And, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, I had 1% battery left on my phone. With that 1%, I called my mother, who never answers. <laughs> so I called Bob. <laughs> and um, he was yelling at me on the phone for ruining my car and everything. But he came and saved me. I had a truck through the water. And it this freezing cold. This oh was mid November. Yeah. If I remember right. So this water wasn't only flowing and my body weight could not hold up to how much it was flowing. I had trucked through the cold. I ended up saving all of my paperwork for the car though, which was good because I know documentation <laughs> means a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I had that above my head and I'm just walking to my dad and he 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 was yelling at me and I was already mad I lost the car. So yeah, yeah that was it was a good story. But I ended up salvaging what I could and coming on top of the car, selling it for a good price. And and I ended up getting that Nissan and now eventually the Charger. So wow. it all led well, to something. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're safe because that can become a very serious, dangerous situation very That's fast. That's what emergency kits are for, though. Yeah. He, he taught me a lot, Bob. He just taught me what to do in emergencies like that. Roll down your windows, get your knife out, and an LED light, and you'll be fine. <laughs> wow. Good for Bob, man. <laughs> good for Bob. He's yeah. Well, we're glad you're okay. <laughs> Now, let's talk about current projects. What are you guys working on there? I know you're about to open a Dallas store, which is very exciting. I mean, having 11 locations, absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But what's coming up in the new – we're in the new year here. What's coming up that really has you guys excited and fired up? Oh, man, so much. It is a little bittersweet, but it's more exciting than bitter. Um, Sal, he he just keeps on going. There's always a project with this man. We are planning to have 15 showrooms by the end of 2016. And that's a possible 16. You, it, It's hard to say. He'll come into the office one day and say, hey, here's an idea. Do the research, and let's see if we, if it's 
if it has great potential. So the projects, it's hard to say right now what projects are going to come my way, but right now Dallas, Fort Worth is on my mind as I wake up and go to sleep. So we're all really excited about that. The automotive classic car industry over that way is very strong. So I'm excited to tap in there and get to know everybody and see how different the market is compared to our Fort Lauderdale location, our St. Louis location, Detroit. It is all very different, not in only the way that how many classic car clubs are in that way, but how many, how people communicate is very different. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. What are, uh, real quickly, can you list off all the cities where you guys have a location? Yes, sir. Um, We have St. Louis headquarters. We have Detroit, Indianapolis, Chicago, uh, Louisville, Fort Lauderdale, Tampa, Orlando, Houston, and now Dallas. My goodness. Sorry, I missed one. Nashville. Nashville. There you go. (laughs) Wow. Yes. Oh, wow. Man, that is incredible. Holy cow. That's a lot of stores, a lot of people, a lot of responsibility. Fantastic. Now, here's a very introspective question. I love this question, Sarah. If you were a car... What kind of car would you be and why? (laughs) I took down a lot of notes before we had this interview, and this one is the only one that is blank. Um, (laughs) Well, let me me preface this. This isn't the kind of car you wish you were. It's how you you perceive yourself personified Mm -hmm. into a vehicle. Okay. Man, this is kind of hidden. I had, or not kind of difficult because I do have three vehicles, which I feel explain me very well. I would say a Volkswagen bus because I am a huge traveler. I love it. I have family in Boston, Southern Georgia, um, just all over. So I love to travel, see them and see the world. And I also love to bring my friends with me. So more than enough room. (laughs) And I like simplicity. I like small. I am very much into that. And a Volkswagen bus uh, restored has everything that you need. I like that. Yeah, very nice. Now, let's dig a little deeper. What year, what era bus? Because, you know, the bus has come through a lot of transitions. Are we talking about one of those classic with the multi-windows from the 60s or something a little newer? I would absolutely say the 60s. I I love the classic feel. I can't say anything more about it. It it really just gets me how different cars were made back then. It was not my generation, but I I sure do appreciate it. Yeah, fantastic. So, um, yes, absolutely a classic Volkswagen bus. And if it weren't to be that, then... I, I like the an AC Cobra. Ooh. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, the Sh- the Shelby Cobra, I like that. It is a very, it's a beautiful car. It's small. It's um, It looks like it would be driven by a lady. Uh-huh. But at the same time, it has so much power behind it, and you can, you can just show it off, race it. Everybody will love it. So well, how I think that that ties into my personality is whenever you see me, you see this long-haired Southern Belle that you wouldn't even think would be into anything other than Chick-fil-A and um, tall boots. When in reality, I am very much into my, I can talk your head off about cars. And if the minute you even mention automotive to me, we're best friends. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's very, it's different. It's You don't really see what's underneath the hood You're, until you yeah, actually until look. Until <laughs> you step on the pedal, step on the gas, and then we've got a fireball in our hands. So very <laughs> exactly. nice. I like that great answer. Well, Sarah, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. 
For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Sarah, we're back and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Okay. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, from Bob, he said to never ignore the obvious when it comes to a car. If you need an oil change, get it done. If you need it, if it needs to be waxed, do it. <laughs> if it needs fluids, get it done then. Because um, down the line, it could do a lot of havoc on your vehicle. So do not ignore the obvious because that is careless. <laughs> I kind of figured it'd be a quote from Bob from what we've been talking about. Thank you, Bob. Very good advice. Thank you, Bob, again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Pay attention to your surroundings. Um, again, don't ignore the obvious. Um, if it is surrounded by you and you can learn from it, why not soak it up? Yeah. and take off with it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, being a good listener and observer is very, very important. Do you have a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy? Of course, our website. I'm sure you. it seems like you did a lot of the research. Yep. Um, we're not only a top competitor in the consignment, um, in, in the consignment industry, but our cars, the, the cars that we get are just phenomenal. They're, we get very unique rare vehicles like that boss 429 she recently sold for four hundred and eighty five thousand dollars nice um we have a million dollar bentley that is at our let's say maybe it's our orlando location Mm -hmm. she is the only one in the world made so um we also have a car here a mustang a classic mustang it was on the movie of the bucket list it was one of the three made for the bucket list nice we have one more that i'm pretty fascinated by that i get to cross paths with every day is farrah fawcett's old bentley as well oh cool we have yeah we have that car it was the the vehicle that she had brand new and she had it until the day that she passed away wow. so we have a big poster of her sitting next to that one <laughs> <laughs> I think I had that poster on my bedroom wall when I was a I kid. I think we all did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it is true. The the breadth and quality and depth of cars that you guys uh, have there at Gateway is pretty darn amazing. I mean, it's just spectacular. So wonderful. It's a great site. I encourage our listeners to go there, check it out, and that'll be on Sarah's show notes page at Cars yeah. How about a book? Is there one book in particular you've enjoyed reading you think that our listeners would enjoy as well? This one was another answer that was left blank, not because I do not read, just because I read so many. I, I don't read so much of, um, you know, the, the made up the stories, uh, fairy lands or anything like that. <laughs> I like whenever I move to a new city like St. Louis, there's history in there. Like I said, I'm an old soul. I pick up any book that I can find that will teach me a little bit of that building over there. The Mark Twain building here in St. Louis is just phenomenal. So I read a book on that one, um, did the same for Atlanta whenever I lived down there, do the same for Boston. And I'm still working on Boston for obvious reasons. It's huge and intimidating. Right. <laughs> but I, I really just want to know why the city is what it is or and that's also anything around me. Whenever I saw the first Ford Mustang that caught my eye, I wanted to learn why it caught my eye. So yeah. I would learn I would learn what was under the hood. Yeah. So I picked up a book and read. 
All right, listeners. Well, I'll remind you, you can find links to all these great resources Sarah shared with us today at carsyacom slash Sarah Bootsby. And her last name is spelled B-O-O-T-H-B-Y. All right, Sarah, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy for a car gal like you. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price because I'm going to write the check. What would that one vehicle be and why? I will go with um, a beauty, uh, 65 Buick Riviera. Ooh. I am absolutely, I remember the first time I ever saw one. It was here at our showroom. I love the clip headlights. It adds a nice feature to um, the classic. And the body is perfect. The interior, I like I like the wood finish. So, yeah, I would keep it absolutely stock and yeah, I would love to drive her around. I would do a little modification to her as long as they it was black and gray, then I wouldn't have to, but maybe put a um, mahogany wood instead of the original. Yeah, just small little features. I wouldn't take away from the car much, but wow, yeah, I love a 65. <laughs> well, you threw me. I, you know, I, I always when I talk with guests, I always kind of wonder how they're going to answer that. And then I kind of mm-hmm. figure with you, I was going to get a surprise because I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. <laughs> yeah, because uh, most young women in uh, of your age, I wouldn't pick a car like that. It's a that's a very specific car, but beautiful design. I do get that a lot whenever I tell people and they ask me that question. But I I remember when I saw it, why I fell in love with that year, and ever since I just can't get it off my mind. So <laughs> if it's not a if it's not a classic Dodge Charger, then I'm going to go with the Buick Riviera. <laughs> well, I have a feeling one day you'll have one of those in your garage. That'll be great absolutely fun. sooner than later. There you go. Well, I'm buying it for you. So just let me know which <laughs> facility you want me ship to ship it to. Gateway's perfect. <laughs> Gateway. Okay, it's on its way. We'll call transport and get it over there to you. Well, Sarah, you have taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 65 Buick Riviera? Well, um, as we all know, clicking on the television and even our computers, there's a lot of negativity surrounding our world right now. So as I ask from all of you, um, do not contribute. Um, listen to your surroundings, make people smile, and um, go to car shows and soak in the beauty because they're all around us. You just got to see them. <laughs> Great advice. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about Gateway? Gatewayclassiccars.com. We have our story on there. Our inventory is uploaded daily. Um, it is very current. And we are very, very active on Facebook and Twitter. We have a special social media director, actually, Jesse, um, Jesse Carroll. I sit next to her every day, and we're, we just make sure that we pay attention to everyone who comments, messages, and has questions. So reach out to us because we want to hear from you. Well, Jesse's doing a great job. That's how I found out about you guys, <laughs> and I was eventually introduced by another guest here to you. So uh, kudos to Jesse and you and your whole team. You guys are doing fantastic work. Thank you. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Sarah's been so kind to share today at carsyad.com. Just type Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, into the search bar, and her show notes page will pop up with links to Gateway and everything that we've shared with you today. Sarah, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. It was a pleasure. And I wanted to say hi to Joe for introducing us. Ah, Joe Pepitone. Yes. Yes. He's a a (laughs) great guy. I'm very appreciative as well. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. 
drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!